Okay, I am back again. <laughs> and I have a title, and I love when I get titles that rhyme. <laughs> I do. I love when I get like unique titles like I do for my curriculums or abide. And, and this is one that I, I heard the title without knowing what I was actually going to talk about. So that's a new one for me. Um, position for transition. <laughs> Yay, that's the name of this. Position for transition. That's all I heard. And I kind of picked it up immediately. I was feeling something on, on this date anyways. So this is the 14th of May. And since the last podcast of my memoirs on, what was that, Monday? We did it Monday, right? Yeah, that was Monday. So that was seven, seven days ago. That definitely like shifted some stuff. I finally am not bedridden. Yay! I've been pre pretty much bedridden for almost seven weeks now, so that's that's a good sign. Um, and I cut the final tie of Jezebel in my life on Tuesday, and I think that was <laughs> yeah, I think that was a big deal too. Um, into into some of some of the stuff in the spirit of everything that I've been explaining, but this one. This is crazy because it's another Old Testament story. This, <laughs> did you get nervous of making that noise? Um, an Old Testament story. This is crazy again. It has all the same similar things of what that spirit does of livelihood in this story. It's crazy to me how much all over the Old Testament this is of the freaking stories I'm telling you that of what it happens in the spirit realm to people called into purity of the Jezebel assignment that's been on like a lot of people who are changing transitioning like all this stuff it's all over the old testament it's all over leaders in the old testament of what happens to kings who are in purity it's all over and the reason i think i'm being so stuck in the old testament like this well first of all the old testament's like a movie and it's so interesting of all the stories that you find it you don't find stories written to that level except for the gospels and like acts like in the new testament that you really feel like there's a lot of like detail like it's like an interesting like not doctrine like it's just has it's just a different like take then like the old testament versus the new testament and those and stories like that like acts to me is like that very interesting and how the stories are told you know what i mean but you don't have i mean you just have so many in the old testament so this is like so crazy so here's 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 what i feel i feel that there's money still being um stripping in the spirit and so even though for people who this transition is taking place, what God's doing in removing and what I talked about in the last one of the squeezing into transition when God is shifting things. And because this is so corporate, this is not just Sarah's story. It's like God needs me to talk about this publicly because it, there's more people going through this. This isn't just me. It's not just one. I mean, there's just I just know it. I know this is a corporate thing like taking taking place. Um, and even though i was i've said i said stuff has definitely shifted this thing is is um has has flipped there's still this there's still something and there's still backlash taking place and the people who have been had financial ties to ugh, i just inhaled my hair into 
have had financial ties when your your impurity like and i'm not gonna i say this over and over again you are humbled before the lord you are not narcissist you are there for the outcome of god not for yourself um it's not just because you think you're in ministry or you think you're like you need it's the searching of the hearts and people who have gotten tied to the other side of the narcissistic um, people are people who operate in these spirits, manipulate, taking control. It, the livelihood attack is still having backlash, even though the spirit has lost its power. So I just know it and I can feel it in the spirit. There's still, and I'm seeing it with people around, there's still a, um, a stripping of money and a draining of money. And it's not happening to me. So this isn't one where I see it happening to me. And that's how I, I just... I just know and I get the feeling and I feel like my body is physically aligned with some of this stuff of like knowing that there's still something that's still like it's sucking still trying to suck like livelihood through threatening um, financial stuff like that in some people it's literally just a tormenting voice of fear of loss like that is literally one of its things that it, it's doing because it's still going after the idea of stability livelihood um, because of what is taking place and here's another story of this happening to somebody who is in, in in leadership and was gonna be used to like flip the nation in his the Davidic line the, the the line that Jesus came from came from King David and this is what happened to King David he had the same thing happen of a stripping of livelihood threatening from a king like the story is like so and that's where when I heard okay because everything I'm in my fairy tale land, speaking it out, and little result. I mean, hey, I'm not dying physically the way I was, but my body has absolutely not flipped to the healing that I keep talking about is taken, taken place. And I'm gonna go talk on that for a second because I've shared this in all of it. I've shared that I God showed me a promise was a full, complete healing of my body that was gonna take place. I had no idea it was gonna last 14 months but that there was a type of detoxing that was going to go on through my body to rid it of um, infectious stuff and chronic illnesses and sicknesses. And it's been the most backwards healing testimony anyone's ever going to hear. And God's going to use it publicly. I already know it. He's going to use it to bring a different light on things that God can do in the body. But it has been one of the most painful painful i've never had so much physical sickness i've never been this ill in my entire entire life like i remind myself of my sister with cancer that's how i was this past year the way i couldn't get out of bed the way how sick i was it reminded me of when she had chemo like i've seen very sick people i'm very aware of severe sickness i'm not some sheltered girl who doesn't know what it is to live in sickness i actually come really understand how stuff is and so if i'm saying something's really that bad trust me people that means i was on like the edge of wanting to die. I would describe it to my friend here that I'm, my insides would be murdered. <laughs> You're like, oh, you took that really far, really fast. It's like, that's the only way I can describe how bad this is. It felt, and that was the crazy thing. That was God ridding my body of the effects of sin of this world that had corroded stuff in me. And so, yeah, it hasn't been pretty. And when I talk about like the promises of God that are like have crazy pain on them, like when I referred to Deborah in the last one, there's going to be such a test in darkness. Like I was not prophesied. A prophet did not give me this word of my body. Okay. This is me by myself, me between me and God, him speaking to me many dreams and, and literally such a test to stand on a word that you're not, 
I'm not like, dude, my family has no idea what I think is, I can never say this. It's like black people, like I already know how that, that's why it's funny I do it publicly, but not even my own family knows what I think. I literally play, play the card with people. I go, I don't know, maybe it is Crohn's disease. Yeah, I don't know. Did you go get a, did you go get an endoscopy, a colon? Yeah, I can't get into the doctors right now. And blah, I mean, I'll play it with people because I'm not that stupid to blaspheme the word of God when someone's not gonna understand something like that. Don't, that's like people who speak in tongues just in random settings when they pray for people. It blasphemes things, it's lacking wisdom. Like you don't just go around with the things and the, the gifts and the things of God's word and just like dump it in people who couldn't comprehend. But here I'm dumping it on this podcast because, well, I think that the people that are following me have gotten so used to me that it's so specific that I can share this. And if it messes other people up, it's probably a good thing, like that they need to hear that God would heal this way and you get tested to this level for over a year. And on top of it, it's not just, I felt like God was making me fat and bald for my transition. (laughs) I said that this is what it felt like. I was like, why am I getting, this is my transition. I'm getting fat and bald. Like I'm losing hair. Like I literally overnight when this began, my whole body swelled over people. That is like a pregnant person. And I don't have a baby. Like who? I don't have a baby. I have to just believe like, okay, God, I hear your voice. You're telling me my body is incredibly inflamed. But as a female, I can't explain how hard that is. You're getting a little quiet laughters. I can't explain how hard that is as a female who's someone who like worked out all the time and get a fat suit overnight. And God telling you that this is your body, it's healing, and you have to trust me. And even to the place where, I mean, you were saying, like, I should technically look anorexic for what I eat, right? I've ate at it, because the person I'm talking to that doesn't ever talk, she just shakes her head and quietly giggles in the background. Um, The ballerina in the room, she's, (laughs) she is here. I am talking to someone. But, um she has does fitness plans meal plans like things like that and knows and watches how sick it is that i am i am i'm like i got my appetite more back this week but i mean i would go on days not eating a a thing i was lucky to get 500 calories to where she was trying to teach me okay and god was saying like literally eat like a pregnant person when you get a craving you need to eat all the calories of that and stop trying to be clean and worried about about it and that's a really messy thing with the spirit of God to seriously like trust him to that level when nothing in the natural appears yet God's saying your your body is gonna flip and if it did it like you'd be you would get too skinny because I haven't had enough calories I don't barely eat but yet I swelled up sizes there is such a point to this I know this is going sore because it's like literally if you have something so big of a magnitude released in your life I promise you you will be tested and tested and tested in endurance and in faith and believing that you hear his word. Do you know part of the way God will test us if we believe his word is to see what you do if you think you've heard from him? What do you do if it's not narcissism? If it's not narcissism and you trust your relationship with God and you, and you get a word from him, what do you do in, the, in that word? And I mean, it's just been one of the, you know, so, you know, he gave me, he's giving me dreams of a woman on stage and that a jello fat suit fell off of her and she was all skinny and, and the whole audience applauded. <laughs> 
oh god he, he gives me funny dreams sometimes to be like i promise i promise this is gonna go away and even though there's just a lot of there's a lot of inflammation and i know it i know that there's just been so much happening in my body that i swell i have never seen my body ever do anything like that i've never just done that overnight and wake up and felt like i had bigger calves that's what I felt like. I was like, why did my calves feel bigger? No, my ankles. That's what it was. Like a pregnant woman. No, my ankles felt bigger. And I was like, my pants feel tighter on my ankles. Like, why? How did that happen overnight? How was I pregnant? I don't get it. Where's the baby? Where did it come from? You never hear these stories. Who have you heard that that happens to you overnight and it stays and does not change no matter what I do, no matter what I eat, no matter. It's like a joke. It's like a stupid joke. Anyways, so you know, God is like, God has like shown me through this whole thing. Like when there's a release of the word of God that is like impurity, if you don't think you're going to have a stupid fire up your butt to see it fulfilled rather than just something coming to you so easy, because in all of that, it's you, you grow in faith, you grow in testing. Like I can't imagine how much more in love with God I am going to get and be when I see a fulfillment of something like this that I have waited for so long to have like healed and not be so sick all the time. Like, you know, we should always be in a place where you can fall more in love with God. You're never just fully in love the way you think you are. No one is. There is not one person on this earth. The only one who has the fulfillment of all love is God towards us. He's the one that is not going to fall more madly in love with us. Okay. He, he is the one that that is already who he is. But as people in understanding the character of God, our love and admiration from him doesn't come for what he does for us. I was in love with him because I was a train wreck and Jesus delivered me, but I still love him even in pain and suffering. What happens when you love him in that? Imagine how much you're going to love him when you see him, like see something crazy happen, you know? And I know that that's part of what God said, like when this actually hits, you're just going to realize everything that you were, you were hearing. And so, um, then God, yeah, I was picking up position for transition, meaning that there's a positioning taking place in the spirit realm and God's been using the devil to do it. And he's been using the devil to shift things, squeeze things. And for the, and also for the people who the money has been still come after, I saw very, very specifically today that there, I don't know when it's going to hit, but there's going to be an insane recompense on all of it. So I just see either certain investments happen and bring it in. Something happens to where where that stuff was affected or attacked in the loss, the, that there's going to be a stupid rain down that's going to hit eventually with it, with people who are going through it. Because this is such a demonic assignment, like trying to strip livelihood, but at the same time, it's also transitioning people. It's positioning them for this thing. And so I just felt like God was, was showing me, I just felt like the perfect example of someone like this was, was David and how he was anointed to be king at 15. So when Samuel, because in the last one I explained that Samuel was the judge that was transitioning the the nation of Israel from judges as leaders to kings um, leading Israel. And the first one was Saul. And if most people will know the story of how Saul, Saul failed, um, fulfilling what he was supposed to do in obedience. And then 
David is anointed king at 15. David doesn't become king till 30. So first of all, you have that word spoken over someone's life. Like this is who you're going to be. This is what you're going to do. You get anointed by the word of God. It's not fulfilled for 15 years later. Do you understand what he went through in those 15 years in between? His whole life was threatened. Everything. He was threatened into with so much stuff. And so I just felt like God was like showing like in the alignment Samuel had to be in purity because Eli was not in purity. Eli was a priest above Samuel. Samuel then takes over after Eli dies. He's the one, the, the prophet, and and the who was bringing these words into the king. So he's bringing a word to Saul about his death. He brings good words to David about being anointed. But you have to see the purified alignment of who how God has to transition certain people into keeping his word still going through the kingdom if that makes sense like if you pay attention to all the bible stories you're gonna say see how he sets up certain people in different places in order to make sure his word still gets through the evil that's out there and that was still trying to do it because the 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 word for david was that jesus was going to come from his line so just imagine what this guy is carrying in the spirit his the messiah is coming from the, well and this is very interesting this isn't a bloodline because joseph was not blood to jesus it was an, it's all, it was an inheritance like because joseph is who came from the line of david and that was you know he didn't actually impregnate mary it came from mary but that's still how it came through like that's the, that's the grace and the of the word of god in like him giving a word and a fulfillment that it was even considered his line his like his bloodline as of like adoption through through joseph and i just find, found that very very interesting like when the word of god goes out there's still stuff that happens in the spirit where the devil does things and what is so i love about this text is that God uses a tormenting spirit to fulfill it. Just like the one in Kings where he uses a, a lying spirit. This one, he uses a torment. This is where stuff gets so crazy when you think about how the devil can get so used to position people and fulfill the will of God. And here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to talk about how Saul comes under a tormenting spirit. Here's what I think. In the spirit realm, the shift that's taking place where I said that you're going to see people who are under these demonic stuff do weird things and it's going to expose them. And you're going to see them as Christians, people in ministry leadership. You're going to see regular people who you already know has evil stuff on them that you just happen to be tied to. You're going to see them do weird stuff because here's what I believe is taking place in spirit. I believe a tormenting spirit's coming on a lot of people. And what it's doing is that it's actually by through defamation and livelihood attacking other people there they can come under a torment but if they understood that that's not what's really it's all a threat in the spirit and so um so god started showing me like look at what david had to endure to carry the word that he was given in complete purity to walk out with a king above him who was anointed by God, Saul, and Saul was obedient and then became disobedient. He also became very prideful. It's just so funny how the jealousy that comes in, like Saul got so jealous of David. I mean, you, you have this in freaking ministries right now. I can't stop on that. You get jealous of the person anointed underneath you and hoping that, <laughs> hoping that, you know, oh, they, they're not too anointed, that they, they get more of a following and attention than me. I hope that's not it. I mean, that just shows the corruption of ministry, the corruption of people. I mean, I can't explain to you how many stinking people has come alongside me and flipped into a weird insecurity and done weird crap to me. And for me, who is like, 
I don't ever have a weird intention. I could care less. Like my intention is to kill the devil and have God's will fulfilled. I never have an intention to get something. I am not, I mean, that's why God could give me a ministry where men could show up and a deliverance ministry. Cause he knew I wouldn't turn into a hooker. He knew I would not become a Jezebel. Do you know females that could do that? I'm sorry. No, females are not, they become narcissists. If they were have the ability as a single female to lead men coming in, oh my gosh. I wonder how long they'd stay back combing their hair in the corner. Like, just wondering, does maybe my husband come in here? Do my boobs look good? Like, how do I look on stage? Like, I'm serious. It's true, people. Like, that is the real thing that you have a narcissistic of people who get attention. And they do weird crap. And they're, like, hoping they're being... And I'm like, God just knew that there was none of that in me. And I was not looking at dudes that way. I was not, like, sitting there with these plots and plans of, oh, making sure, like, oh, do, do, are men going to... If anything, I didn't want the men to show up. They gave me anxiety. <laughs> they totally did. It was not me wanting them to show up. So I'm just like, if we understood like the, the, the stuff in ministry and like that people, you get, they get triggered by jealousy, weird stuff that you would have no idea because they seem so authentic. Like when Saul first um, gets introduced to David and so David gets called into Saul's kingdom to play, um, play, is it the harp? Something like that. And because a tormenting spirit had been released on Saul when he disobeyed the word of God to the uh, um, Amalekites. So he, God gave him a word through Samuel. I believe it was from Samuel. It said, you need to go kill all the Amal Amalekites and everything needs to be burned and killed. Like, don't save one person. Don't save anything for yourself. And he did it, but he saved the king and he saved their possessions. He so he took plunder from it. And when he when Samuel comes to him and calls him out for it, he you know says, "But how much better is it? I was going to keep all these, you know, the, all their li livestock and sacrifice it to God and blah 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 blah." And I'm going to go to this, and then I'm going to jump into the craziness of people um, that they do because I want. This is so crazy what he says. So when he doesn't fulfill what God told him to do, Samuel comes back to him because Samuel gets a word. I'm removing my spirit from Saul now. Like I, he's no longer going to carry my spirit. He did not listen to me. And so, you know, he's, Saul starts to debate Samuel. This is going to be first Samuel 15 starts to debate him like, um, you know, but how much better is like, look, I brought all this stuff and I'm going to sacrifice it to God. And then in 22, Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Ooh, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission better than offering up fat. Or, I don't, oh, that's so good. Because seriously, this is what you have people in the idea that people think that they give an offering or they tithe or they love thy neighbor but they are not obedient and intimacy to the to the word of God that may be so against the grain, that may be something that just doesn't make sense. And they don't follow it to that level. Well, first of all, because they're blocked in their heart from hearing God that way because their narcissism takes over or their doctrine takes over or their understanding of what they think it's scripture takes over. So you have a blocking and hardening on a heart through these things. And then they're not able to even go to that level of getting something from a word of God that's gonna be sacrificial, losing money, doing something that's not gonna make sense. It's going to be the opposite because of, of, of the of the squeezing that can happen to somebody who's impurity and you have someone who is Saul he was not he became prideful he became he became in a place of disobedience and what what's crazy Samuel calls it similar to witchcraft in number 23 
Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So because you've rejected the command of the Lord, you have rejected you as king. This is what's so interesting to me, is the weird thing that people don't understand that witchcraft is like that real. That's that. It's, it, it's in this text, he says it's the same as rebellion. He views it. So how could we not fathom that what people do through a spirit that has that, that there's going to be rebellion similar within it? Like if you grasp like the bulk of how I'm trying to make an understanding to the to spirits under the idea of witchcraft div divination, what is the root cause? Who are the people aligned with it? The narcissistic idols in their heart of themselves, like how they come into a same thing in the spirit rather than we've boxed in what witchcraft looks, especially people in doctrine. They they think they can just use scripture on witchcraft. You cannot just use scripture on witchcraft. I can't have come face to face with all these demons. That's why I can explain it this way. You cannot just use scripture is is a way to discern. No, no. A more you have to experience to have a high like to fully discern. Meaning you need to go through it. People who are going through this and are getting their eyes fully open to holy crap. These people who've been in this or aren't purity or not pure tensions around me or I got tied to certain things. What's going to happen? You're going to get a heightened discernment when you get out of this. You're going to come to the other side of this and you're going to be able to pick stuff up on people because you walk through it. We have to walk through those things in order to like fully understand like what it is to have discernment. So, um, so he basically, he gives them the word. You've been rejected as king and the spirit of God is being taken off of you. And he says in 29, and he who is the glory of Israel does will not, he's talking about God, will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. Like Saul, reap what he sowed. He tried to come back in repentance, and the action of what he did already took place in the spirit. Like it was already a rebellion too far for, for God to say, no, you say this position. No, you've let me down. And this is now what is taking place. And I'm calling someone in purity because to fulfill his word, and the the of the messiah coming it had to come from someone who was in per again and here's the thing david still fell like he had an affair like if we understood it just doesn't mean that someone who sins is not impurity it's like no it's the purity of the heart like god understands the brokenness he understands the decisions but you're gonna reap what, we, what you sow from it like David reaped what he sowed pretty horribly after killing Bathsheba's husband, the stuff that happened to him. And I'm not going to go into that because that's another sermon on its, on its, um, on its own. So, and what's so funny, so Samuel went and fulfilled the call. So Samuel goes and gets the, the king that Saul tried to save. And the, the king is like hopeful, like, oh, everyone else died, but I'm good. And Saul fulfilled God's word in killed the guy and cut him up into pieces is what it says in 33 that's pretty crazy i mean just look at that obedience of a prophet this guy isn't gonna fulfill it so here god i'm gonna fulfill your word like do we have that with people or we have people who are trying to follow all the prophets never go against them never go against the grain never call things out a little differently because you might get rejected for it like it's this is it's just so biblical people so then The next chapter, and I'm not going to go, this is when David gets anointed, but here's where you get the tormenting spirit is sent. David gets anointed king. Now, when he gets anointed, doesn't mean he just becomes king. It's now in the spirit. It's anointed for him to fulfill that. What's that going to mean? 
It's going to mean that Saul's not going to be able to kill him. It's going to mean that he's going to have a great favor, but it's going to be a very hidden and probably painful favor that he's going to walk in because of the call of what he's going to do. And um, you're not just going to see it have been instantly have given the kingdom and everything into that position when he had to walk out what he was going to have to walk out. Now, for God to fulfill his word, he he lets a, a tormenting spirit come on um, Saul. And honestly, that's a, that's a part of his recompense. That it was a part of Saul's recompense in what he did. It's a part of the Spirit of God being taken off of Saul in leadership. And then now it was a part of the shift and the change in the things that were going to have to happen to David, what I believe, to strengthen him into trusting God when he was going to be given a kingdom. Like there's something so big about the, the testing and the stripping, especially if you're in a place of stripping of livelihood, because how much more are you going to know that God cannot fail if you, when you come out the other side of that? When everything around you is being threatened and feeling unstable and, you, and you're, you know, you're experiencing torment and stuff like that, like how much more? And here's so interesting about this because when I was reading this and I had known this story before but um I have actually seen this on people <laughs> this is so crazy I have seen certain people get close to me in my ministry and a tormenting thing come on them I have seen it with guys I have seen it with um females I have seen it and what it mainly it has exposed long term of getting revelation on this because I had so many people do it to me and it was so first of all I felt like people were like abusive and I felt like I would get sucked in emotionally and like care for someone and then they would get around certain things maybe that I did or like just close to me personally and then flip everything on me I mean my stories are like stupid how many I've had do this to me and get jealous get in and I'm sitting here going why on earth would you ever get jealous of me like and that's what I would see chicks do and I'm like I had a I had a, a good female when we did ministry together this is the one I recently cut she said you know your your testimony makes me insecure like that mine's yeah, she said that because I would give it publicly, like her stuff. It wasn't even my stuff. And I was asked to do it. And and she would say, it makes me like insecure that like mine isn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I am like sitting there, what? Do you, you what? Okay, I would love you, love you to, to have my testimony. And I'd like to know if you're up publicly talking about it. Give me that load of crap. People get jealous of stuff I carry. Like, do you you want to die, people? Like, with the jealousy of ministry is so stupid. Like, how you'd ever be jealous of, like, it's just gross. The reason you're jealous is because you're doing something for yourself and you're a narcissist. That's why you get jealous. And that's why I am going, I didn't even grasp why people would start responding when I'm sitting here, what feels like such a hard stripping to fulfill God's word and yet someone else it's like someone sitting with david in the case because he had he's anointed and he kills so much more of the armies than saul was that was the glory that was given to david was that he was a much better warrior than than saul and it would be like david being in the caves and one of his men saying i'm jealous of you <laughs> when he's hiding from being killed that's how i feel when somebody and it's not like they it's, it's how they act like they they do weird crap i had so many freaking leaders who would snap and do abusive thing, and they were leaders underneath me, and they'd be like older women, and I'm going, I'm so confused. I had like a, a girl, a woman, who was in leadership of women's ministry, 
underneath the head leader at one of my churches who atten- who attacked me like no one's business in my own Bible study and would flip into this dominant like try to I mean it was so weirdly evil and it was all because she was in leadership and she was threatened by me and I am like and I turned into where I had to go to the woman who heads up the ministry who would never do that to me I had to go to her and be like look get this this chick I I'm not gonna put up with this I said I'm either she's gonna get removed from showing up to the Bible studies and she, I wasn't leading the groups I had leaders leading the groups I was doing the teaching and I was overseeing stuff and she was attacking my leader and like starting crap in the small group all out of insecurity and all out of just and it was I had to go set up this meeting and then she would try to play me the same time because she would attack me but then play play me and try to be close to me so she would call me after it and use her leadership card and be like so I just think that the way that this leader is handling I and it's like you're the train wreck chickadee you're in leadership what are you doing like what are you doing and I just get so confused and I sit back going I'm so confused like is this why God has to hide me like you people are freaking idiots and I just have had so many people do it to me I've had men I've watched guys this happened with guys like that got close to me and so the guy I even I even saw this happen and this was not through jealousy but the guy that I had a toxic relationship school in Bible school would have a tormenting thing come on him when he would be close to me and now that I understand the protection of God on me it was God doing it he would have weird visions we'd be hanging out like in my apartment he'd get these crazy visions God would flash of him and things about him and me and it was god like you better stay away from her and it made him get weird he would like and it felt to me i was being rejected like i didn't under he wasn't abusive like he wasn't like that he just was like he just would get in like a freak out and i just know it was literally god like blocking like god would like release it and it would appear that i would get rejected and that's the crazy thing all these people that did the most horrible stuff to me that i've had so much emotional weird abuse happen with girlfriends by the using my sister manipulating and then flipping on me stuff with ministry here's a crazy thing both times I had major transitions. So when my first, when my ministry released it, all it was was a Bible study and I get a vision for it. And the person who attacked me to take it down was my best friend. The one I was doing ministry with for her. And she got jealous. She took it as competition. And she's the one that came after me. This is the stuff I had happen to me. Where I'm sitting there in purity and look at you that you are my sister. My sister would have never done that to me. So don't call me my freaking sister. I'm so tired of chicks doing that to me. I've had so many. Oh, you're my sister. Oh, shut up. You're manipulating me because I lost my sister. Now I see it for what it is. But that was the person who freaking attacked me. It was my best friend to take me down. Then another transition when I was transitioning in a men's ministry guess who attacked me then my best friend then the the jaw almost said her freaking name (laughs) I guess that was allowed to come out uh the girl that chased that chased the dude you know what I think is kind of funny God's kind of letting me blow up some stories like with weird details the last time and I was like God what was that about and I heard God say I'm gonna let you publicly shame them (laughs) and so many people you want to use scripture 
don't repay evil with evil. Repay good with good. Oh, you take crap so out of context of the spirit of God. There is such a jealousy on God and there is a reaping what you sow. And there is when God has a, a, a value on you and your, your purity and that the enemy uses people like that narcissist that attacking what I'm doing in purity, that yeah, he lets me come at it and take some shots because here's what she did. She tried to publicly defame me to ruin that shift of me going and doing men's ministry because she got jealous of who I was doing it with. The guy that came alongside me for that transition, that's what she got jealous of. And it's weird. I've never publicly talked about this stuff in detail. I've, ne I've always had a total like thing on me not to do it. Like I know when the spirit of God is on something for me and I know when he's not on it and uh, I've never gone in and now he's having me kind of publicly shame some stuff. And I think it's because I had people do it to me to take me down. And then now that God's transitioned all these weirdos out of my life that I don't have any of them, none of my girlfriends now are weirdos. And now that he's transitioned it, he's like, okay, you put up with this. You never, here's the thing. I've never confronted one of those Jezebels face to face. I would say I'm removing you from leadership. I did that. I may have said you're lying about something. I did that. But I never called them out on the floor of the level of abuse of some of the things that these people did to me. And that was the way God always said, you just have to cut ties. You're done. You're moving on. And and I always wondered, when, God, would you let me take a punch, a punch somebody? When would you let me do it? And I think it's kind of like he just needed my obedience to walk through these things and learn my value through it. But then at the same time, also, um, people reap what they sow. And God used the devil for my benefit in these situations. All these relationships were anointed. All of them were used to transition me and get me into something new. And I think that was a crazy thing for these people because they were narcissists. That they had intentions with me I did not have with them. And because they had intentions with me, they were used as a footstool. And why they would freak out when I cut them off, because I, I, none of these people cut me off. I, cut, I broke up with all of them, okay? And... And why they all had freakouts when I did it is because they had or were narcissists and would go into this thing of wanting to have gotten where they wanted to go with whatever, with with using. I don't even fully know. I think people are just freaking weird. That's honestly what I think. Because the whole time I'm just sitting here like, I'm just trying to kill that demon in the corner. I'm so confused. What's your focus? Like, I don't get what are you obsessed with? Like, I just want that person to get delivered. Like the reason I wanted to open up to events public events for deliverance wasn't because I was trying to get more of a following. I wanted to kill more demons at one time. <laughs> that was what I was doing. I was like, for what I go through, I'm like, let's get it done, people. I want to get 30 of you delivered at once. I don't done with individual stuff when I deal with this stuff in the spirit room. That was really what I wanted. Like I wasn't like opening up for all these events for all these people to come because I was like, oh, I just need to get more of a platform. No, I was like, no, I could get 20 of you delivered at once. That's awesome. That's what I'm going to do. I could do it all, all in the same time in the same hit. Like that's how I saw that. I'm like, and that's, I guess not how other people would think of it. Like they're thinking of it as you're getting more of a following and this, this, and this. I'm like, for the hell I had to go through for what I do. Yeah, no, that's not what it is. I actually don't want a lot of people around me because honestly, it's, it's overwhelming and it's it drains. It drains you. People in real big public ministry. So anyways, um, so I get these these weirdos. I know I'm hopping into a story. I'll get back to my, to my thing. Um, because we have to see how people doing weird crap to you is actually God can use and do things and expose, first of all, them, and then also transition you 
into this next season by you warring through the opposition that comes from a person. Because all my opposition, it's mainly been physical elements and it's people doing weird stuff to me. It's always been freaking weird people. Always, always, always do weird stuff. It's why I was, I'm so anal on who I connect with and it was really hard for me to connect with like Scott and in, in what everything he was offering me because he was so kind to me. And the, the man who donated his venue for all my stuff, I mean, he was just so kind and so genuine and so loving. And I was nervous at first because I was just wasn't used to people actually like supporting me and not flipping weird crap on me. And so when God transitioned, and, and, and let me talk about a counterfeit season. Okay, okay, people, I'm gonna deal with the way I speak. I know I go all over the place because I think this ministers to multiple different people if you pick up parts of these words. There is such a thing as a counterfeit season. Now, if you hear people say, oh, that was a counterfeit husband or counterfeit wife and blah, 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 that was a devil, da, da, da. You have to understand that there's actually anointed seasons that are counterfeit that are from the Holy Spirit of God, where he will actually release glimpses of promise, release glimpses of things that you're in hope for. And it will, in, in the counterfeit season means it's not going to turn out what you thought it would be. That's what that means. It means that it had glimpses of something to come. And it means that God was doing something so huge in your heart that you needed to have it in counterfeit Form. And so I just like for me to step into ministering to men that was like, first of all, not biblical to me, like because what I was raised in, like I was raised that women do not speak to men. The only reason I think it's crazy that my dad fully supports it and thinks it's biblical now is like something God did in my dad's heart. Because mo a lot of people in that denomination, you cannot publicly speak to men. And as a female, now what my dad would say, he, women cannot preach, cannot be pastors. But what I'm doing, he's com he completely is fine with it, sports it. And, uh, and that's just, it's rarity, you know, to even do that. But so I was dealing with not just the torment and fear of men because they sc scared me. And I didn't, and imagine just opening up when I'd been stalked for all those years to just have stuff open and accessible. And like, there's just was a lot of pure freaking anxiety and that it seemed not biblical that God would have me transition into, into that, you know? And the way he did it was with a guy friend who I had been doing a lot of deliverance on. I knew his strongholds and all that stuff. God started to do a freaky anointing between the two of us when we would be like, it just, I mean, it was stupid how it got released. It was stupid how God did it. It was all in the spirit of God. It was non, nothing. I had weird intentions. I wasn't doing anything going after God. It literally was so stupid anointed, but God literally was using like something of just, it just, just because my craziness with men, like if I didn't go through this season, my husband's going to be really grateful for this dude. I promise you what I went through with this guy, because it's the reason I got my mouth back. It's the reason that I was able to pray with men. It's the reason men started being able to come to my stuff is because of what I went through with this guy. But what I went through with him and it, we, there was no dating, nothing rom romantic, but the, the what I saw him do like it was crazy because it was anointed what we were called to do together. But because I saw him go into torment, so many times it would jack with my head of why is God like allowing and anointing me with the guy with all these strongholds of being a womanizer and you know and I would I would hopefully look through it and be like there's a reason this is like God is you know he's delivering him he's gonna be like and all this stuff and yet I would see him act like such a psycho 
and do the most insane flips on me out of the blue, out of jealousy, um, randomly emotionally abuse me, get crazy before my events. And then at the same time, there's this stupid anointing God was doing through the whole thing. And here's, here's what I'm going to say to you about this. When you have something in your heart that maybe lacks trust, lack of value towards yourself, insecurities, fear of rejection, things that are not in full alignment and intimacy with the word of God. Like I had so many weird triggers inside of me that God had to put me in something where I was needing to see my hands on this. You have to walk through this because I'm freeing you of stuff with men. But at the same time, you're going to see my protection because I'm going to place torment on this man that if he ever lays a hand on you, I will crush him. And that's what's so crazy because that came out in prayer one time because it was such a jacked up season. It was so weird and how it was just like God was all over it. I was trying to be obedient. And so Ray was involved. Ray's like kind of a good friend, mentor, do ministry with him. And he knows who the person went. And so there were just times where I was like talking to him and getting all this. And when we prayed into, we both, it, it was God said, if he, if, um, I, if he ever laid a hand on you, I would have crushed him talking about the guy, meaning that I was a, and I put a tormenting spirit on him that would make him like get crazy because he couldn't do what he wanted to do to a female. No. <laughs> yeah, because he was a, he was a womanizer. He was a crazy freaking womanizer. And I think it was like, he got so jacked up, but God used him. God literally used this man so badly to get me to like this freedom first of all to walk through seeing someone do that and see god's protection that that the way he was emotionally abusive was actually a protection on me and that if i needed to see god's hand that that was god's love and that wasn't rejection of a man like it was like an inability for a man (laughs) and so the whole thing would get like flipped in my in my head because is as being so many being abused so many times like so many random people doing weird crap to me i was like why? And this wasn't like horrible. He didn't make me cry. He was nothing like that. He just, he was just was stupid. And it was, yeah, he just was stupid. It wasn't like I was so deeply offended. No, he just was more of like an idiot. It was more of like seeing crazy strongholds come on him and just do the weirdest, like lie to me about females. Like, and if I had known what he was doing with females, he would never been laying hands on chicks in my event. He was height. Like he just was, it just was like a weird thing. I mean, going like, what on earth is this representing God? Why am I doing this? Like, um, but God, God was using, God was using the entire thing. And I think that when you look at something like that and you understand that there's these seasons that you can go into where there's going to be stripping and people may do crazy, abusive, weird, weird stuff, but you, God will use it to allow what's in your heart towards the way you view God. Because it, because if I could, I think what was getting warred out of me was that why is God allowing this? Like, do, what is it so hard for me to have just like normal things why would it be this bad like in this hard and go on for as long as it did and I really it really wasn't like tons of months together we did ministry I probably all together was like only six months because a lot of the time I would cut him off and not talk to him for months and that would happen and so there was times where there was like a complete you know walking away and then you know then God anoints something and then it's back at it again and you know it just was just was where I literally had to learn that God can place a tormenting spirit on someone to fulfill his will. And he will also use it to expose your heart and expose your weird triggers, expose the things inside you that it will show the way you view God. Like a man, think about it with the stripping of livelihood. It's free, freaky and scary as that is of losing everything. What it's also going to do is expose your heart of what you believe God. 
Do you believe him to be faithful? Do you do you trust him that he's not going to let you be homeless? Do you trust him that he will um, take care of you? Do you trust like that's really what it did? Like I went through so many years of a stripping with money that I don't have a trigger like that in me anymore. God made me go through so much of trust and believing that he but it was I mean I went through a stripping of it for like seven years until I got to a place where I just did not care anymore I wasn't nervous about the money coming in like I got, I got delivered of it and that happens from a stripping of livelihood that happens from you thinking it's not going to happen it, it happens from these you being placed in something to it, it get out of you what's in you and um if I didn't have those stupid idiot people come into my life and do that crap I would never get the fulfillment of having no idiots now <laughs> right I'm gonna say <laughs> like how many friends got stripped out of my life over the last few years I have like God like restored it like in crazy ways of just having good like girlfriends that support me that are not insecure they're not doing weird crap they don't have agendas they actually want to kill the devil with me like I got a total like a fulfillment of being out of those relationships we should not live in abusive relationships for the rest of our lives I don't care if it's family. I don't care what it is. There's something from the spirit of God. When you're in purity, those things should not be taking place. It doesn't matter their position. Like it doesn't matter who they have been positioned above you in. That's not okay. And at what point do you find out what's in your heart to allow it, first of all? And what is, because that's always what my issue is. My issue in my heart was towards my sister and me not being able to save her is that I could save other people. And so I would get in these positions where I would lay down, you know, anything to help a female and I'm very loyal personality. And then they weren't the same towards me. And then I'm the one sitting there going, wait, what just happened? Why did jealousy and emotional abuse just come in? Why are they trying to manipulate me? Why are they getting weird if I have another friend? Why are they insecure of this and this? And, and all it does is all it did is honestly show the heart of these people because when that girlfriend got so jealous when I was transitioning doing ministry with that guy like all it did she was out chasing another dude she all it did was expose like her freaking Jezebel that she then tried to take me down in a weird way from another state out of jealousy this is what friends I mean this is if people got that you have people around you that the face of them won't come out because you've only seen them in love and because of, because they've hidden it and then now this flip happens and all these faces are coming out of people and you realize like, whoa, but God's using the devil to, to transition, transition. So he uses a tormenting spirit on Saul. This is where David comes into the picture in number six, one, first Samuel 16, 15. Some of Saul's servants said to him, a tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever the torment, the tormenting spirit troubles you. We'll play soothing music and you'll soon be well again. So that's when David starts doing it and doing it is gets called in to Saul's kingdom to do this. And I have no idea if Saul knew he had been anointed king by this time. I, I honestly didn't read that. It's really crazy if this was just God's strategy of getting him into the kingdom with Saul and this whole layout of then Saul trying to take his livelihood out of jealousy because he was in love with David. Like number 21, Saul loved him. Um, he said, so David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul loved David very much and David became his armor bearer. Like he put him in a, in a position. And then it was whenever he would play the harp, the tormenting spirit would leave Saul. 
But if you keep looking further into these texts, you see Saul go in and out of jealousy and then love. Jealousy of what who David was, and then he would be like, oh, son, my son. And then love, and he would say, you, you know, you could have killed me in that cave, and I love you. And then a couple chapters later, he chases David again. And here you have David in complete purity to the word of God, and yet his livelihood is threatened to that level. And I believe, from what I understand, it was four years that he was chased like to this level of him trying to take his life from him and um and it and it starts as this loving relationship and here what happened the narcissism of saul came out is what happened the narcissism of him came out to then attack david in this way and go after him because he's threatened by him and so if he's threatened by him then he's going to go threaten him and that's literally what you have happening in the spirit right now and you have to where it looks like i mean if you just read like psalms people look at psalms as praise man psalms has so much of the pain david was going through like the pain of him running like the pain because he even gets his son absalom starts to chase him down later in his life after Saul died and he's king and Absalom, his own son, tries to kill him. Like David has had his life, had had his livelihood threatened many, 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 many times for what he carried and and what what was coming from his family line would have been the, the fulfillment of the Messiah. I mean, we don't get, we don't understand the enemy's strategy, but God detailing a, pro a prophetic word through the purity of certain people to get his outcome on the, on the other side of it and how David like had to be so positioned into actually being able to have the strength, I'm sure, to trust God, first of all, because I mean, it was crazy how he would make it impossible for Saul to find David, even to the place where there's the story in this text. People shouldn't know this if you've been in Bible studies, but you know, some people don't know these details of these stories, but you hear the story of where, where Saul finds him in a, um, Saul goes into a, a cave to pee. Um, I guess I could have said that a little differently, but that's what he was doing. He was peeing. And uh, David was in the corner in this cave hiding with all his men. And Saul comes in and David sneaks up and cuts a piece of his robe off and hides. And it, I mean, that's just showing literally the, first of all, the favor of God but and the protection of God. But then at the same time, you're also seeing the pain and suffering. David was running and so afraid and hiding and not knowing why the, why the, the king he never did anything to, that he honored and he loved became not jealous of him that was just so threatened by him that he wanted to murder him like David was a lot younger than Saul I mean David was like I mean at least what 40 years younger I believe when I looked into it I mean this is like a young kid and this this king is acting to that level of insecure of to take him out out of a, out of a threat when he's already lost the spirit of God on him so he's lost favor from God he's still reacting in this place of a threatening thing and you had him originally anointed and having favor of God on him and you're going to see people like that where I would see there was probably at one time an anointing on you there's probably at one time where you tried to be in purity but because of your position or because what you thought you could get from other people it's rotted your soul and so now you operate out of threatening you operate out of something else and there's so many dang people like that in flipping ministry there's so many just people like that in the world like that act that way and like you you have this exact exact thing coming after who would be the one to transition now the kingdom into purity after Saul has failed God and has to go through all that in order to fulfill fulfill that word to that level now for the threats 
the way I have felt the devil chases, has chased me my whole life <laughs> and death has followed me and I've had so much crazy stuff happen. I have, and well, you know what? And I was stalked for my livelihood. I had a man out. I, I have very similar stories to this. I was going to say, mine's not as bad, but honestly, I was stalked by a man to, a, to another state hiding out by myself with a family that was coming after my livelihood to that like level. I'm like, you're people, this stuff's real. This stuff is real. This stuff, and it doesn't mean the hand of God is not on you. It does not mean he's not faithful. It does not mean it. It means that we have to learn through trials and testings of these things that the livelihood is from the spirit of God. It is not from our money. It is not from our security of what we're doing, not from our security of ministry, security of homes, the security of what we want to get. Your livelihood is from the spirit of God. And sometimes there is going to just be a a time where God, you know, it's not because he's uh, doing it. It's not because he's trying to take it. I just believe he's he's positioning people for transitions. That's what I think. And I think to remove so many ties that have bound certain people, like this this backlash warfare is just a part of God using the devil. He's going to use the tormenting spirit on people. And he's going to do things in order to position this thing to play out. So uh, let's see if I'm almost done. I'm at an hour already. So... Um, yeah, because I kind of just, like, shared all of it. I don't care to, because now I'm in 18. Um, I mean, just the way Saul set it up. He tried to get David to marry, like, one of his daughters multiple times so that he could send David out to war and get David killed. Like, this is so manipulative and freaking strategic how he was doing it. So he tried to do it with two of his daughters. Set him up. When... And the first time, David just was too humble. He's like, I don't, I'm not worthy to be married to a king's daughter. And this is crazy. A kid who's been anointed to be king says, I'm not even worthy for that. I mean, talk about the heart. No wonder God said I'm chasing after a man after my own heart. Like, it's so crazy. If you look at just like a heart issue or something like that, this is a purified type of way that he handled, first of all, Saul trying to kill him, that he didn't kill him. He takes a piece of his robe and goes out to try to tell him, like, I love you. I wasn't. I can't. Wouldn't do this to you, please. Why are you trying to kill me? Like you literally have this kid, who I'm sorry, but me, I would not handle it like that. I would have thrown a freaking spear at Saul. Like I would not. I mean, that is a crazy humility. That is a crazy like, you know, submission to what God has anointed. That He wouldn't do that to him. So He refuses the first one first. First, he just felt he was not good enough to do it. But he ends up falling in love with Saul's second daughter. Macau, maybe M- Michael, my Macau. I don't know. I um. Do you know how you pronounce that, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and Michael, Mike, Macau. That'd be weird if it's Michael. <laughs> That'd be weird. It's probably it's probably not Michael. <laughs> um, the second daughter David falls in love with, so he actually wants to marry her, but. So then Saul gets all excited because then he's like, I'm going to send him out to war to the Philistines and get him killed. And I'm going to tell him he needs to bring back 200 foreskins of the Philistines. And then he, the foreskins, like, that's a crappy job. <laughs> that's a crappy job. He got called to do. Of <laughs> 200 men. And imagine what this, this guy does for this chick he wants. He goes and does it. And Saul's all disappointed. Like, wait, you showed up with 200. I, did I get the word wrong? It's foreskins. I hope it's it's not like the forehead. And I said the foreskins and I turned it, I turned it like, <laughs> no, it's foreskins, okay. <laughs> Just 
making sure it wasn't like the heads or the uh, the, the the hands of all of them and I turned it into something like <laughs> and uh anyway so uh David does it and so he's all bummed like he shows back up and he has 204 skits <laughs> Do people know these stories are always so funny to me? All of them hit me funny in a weird way. And uh, in that, again, I'm like, first of all, like, David, you really wanted her. You really wanted that, that his daughter that you went and did that. It's kind of impressive. I get impressed by these men. It's impressive, David, that she did that. And so Saul's bummed. He's like, dang it. And now he has to give him give him his daughter. Now he does it. So she marries into and so she he's marries into the line of the man that tried to kill him. And he made a covenant promise to Jonathan and also to Saul that he would not destroy Saul's line. He made that promise to the one who was out to destroy him. He made that promise and he still held it. He still held it because war still hit all of Saul. Like God's judgment came on him. David didn't do it. So when they were out to battle Saul and all his sons died and Jonathan, who was a good friend with David, who was like David's best friend. And if everyone knows the story of the covenant agreement between Jonathan and David and Mephibosheth, and that was um, Jonathan's son, David fulfilled his covenant agreement with Mephibosheth because all of Saul's line gets killed in, in this in this war. Um, I think it was with the Philistines before David becomes an actual king and David still holding to his covenant word with the man who tried to murder him fulfills it with his grandson Mephibosheth and there's a story I think it's probably second chronicles 20 something like that or first chronicles 20 I think that's like the chapter it's a very interesting story but I haven't looked into it for years but of how he fills fulfills even that like that is the first of all the attributes of a godly king who stands by his word and his, his word from God, his word um, to other people who has like freaking character, who's not a narcissist, who isn't, doesn't do weird crap to get what they want. Like there's just so much you could learn of like a character and like some of these people of what they do. Um, all right, hold on. And that's how it, that's basically how it ends. And then, you know, cause they all die and him and his whole family die in that, in that war. And then, and that's just retribution on Saul. I'm sure of it. And then you have, here's another, I'm just going to, this is a really weird story. Um, before Saul died of the power of God on something, this is in first Samuel 19. And I'm only going to talk about it for a second. So when Saul was at one of the times, this is down in 18, when Saul was chasing David at one point, they showed up to where Samuel was, I don't know, hiding him, but he was with Samuel. And Samuel was leading a group of prophets who were prophesying at the time. And the spirit of God came upon Saul's men. So Saul, who's like the evil one, it comes up. The spirit of God came on all of them and they began to prophesy. That's the protection on Samuel and David. The evil men turn it again to come under the spirit of God. And it turned so bad for Saul because he couldn't stop doing it. That in 24, he Saul tore off his clothes and lay naked on the ground all day and night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. <laughs> he went naked. He's probably like, what's happening? I'm prophesying. I bet he was prophesying what God was going to do through all of it. I guarantee he took the mouth of the, the enemy and makes them prophesy. And the people were watching explain, what? Is even Saul a prophet? <laughs> 
That's awesome. Honestly, that reminds me of why God used like a wolf in sheep's clothing and anointed it with me. The guy who did it with me, he was not anointed, but he'd be anointed around me and it was weird. Gifts would actually flow through him when we would be doing stuff and it was totally under what I carried and I, and I knew it. I knew it, but then it's, but I also was just like, you know, I mean, I don't look at myself like a narcissist, like, oh yeah, so all of us, because I just know that the anointing on my ministry, that's the way God was doing it. And he usually, he literally used someone who was like a wolf and could prophesy the word of God. <laughs> oh, I bet that guy now is like naked crying somewhere. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> God does not look pretty on people that abused me. So, and I already know that. So there's recompense hits people. I never did anything impure in any of that sit those situations. So, um, anyways, that was a good, that was a really good story though at the end. That's good. Uh, I think that's kind of it keep my message doesn't at an hour that what I was feeling like the was picking up in the spirit was that this in the just because like I've been saying stuff is flipped and things like that that there's still more to the things still happening and there's still things going on there's still I know there's still backlash or things um, with money, probably lawsuits, business stuff. I just know it's still happening. I know people are still having, going through this, this threat is still in there in the spirit, even though we flipped, but because it's now positioning for transition. And I think that when God gives me, like when I was feeling something on this date, and what's crazy is me feeling something on May 14th. I picked this up last year. Last year, I was like, something's gonna shift on the 14th of May, blah, and now I went back in my poop storm. And I pick it up a year of, this is why sometimes the prophetic can make me insane, but it's because I get tested and everything. I get tested, do I believe I hear him? Do I stay faithful? Do I blaspheme him? Do I question I don't hear his voice? Like, that's why I get tested so bad and stuff like this. That, because, oh yeah, that's what I, oh, that's what I'm gonna close with. Hope deferred, yeah. Okay, that was it, I still had that. Hope deferred, it's part of also, stuff God um, does through these through these testings is what he and um you know I like to share my stories because I have so many of them and I just know that they would help so many people so I had so many things where I'd pick stuff up in the spirit I'd hear God say something and it would happen differently, like having such a counterfeit weird season that was anointed it didn't look the right way and then you know I got full revelation to the level of what took place in that season where there was so much abuse and stuff uh like two years ago and where I got fully like understanding okay this was it but it took me a long time to get there just because it was testing my prophetic it was testing the voice I heard from God why were things happening the opposite why is this so hard why is this so bad and um you know a lot of those tests that I would have is like you know what do I believe I hear from God do I believe even if um Sorry, the recorder just dropped, so it probably made a weird noise. Even if um, something doesn't happen in the detail, you feel you heard from God. But do you trust that he's still leading you? Do you trust that his hand is still on it? And he works in such mysterious ways that his high, his 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 voice is so high above reasonable understanding. And he does things in ways that he even does it through counterfeit stuff that looks like his voice in detail. And as you're walking through it, it's because it was breaking something and taking you here and doing this and being tested like to that level is like why could I've picked up things and had expectations of this happening and you know this month and I was from the spirit of God. Other people were prophesying, other people were hearing it, and then it wouldn't happen. And then it would and it would trigger the letdown of 
like stuff being pulled out from under me that was one of my worst triggers. It was one of my PTSDs. It was one of the things that threw me into panic. It's one of the things that makes me run really fast from, from something or someone. And God would literally, it would happen over through the prophetic word. And he would say, you are not to have hope deferred. And what's crazy, but I'm like, God, but you allow it. it I mean, <laughs> you have a, Solomon talks about it in uh, Proverbs 13, 12. He says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Like, it's biblical that a heart gets sick from constant letdown. And God was like, yeah, but not for you. You're not to have ever hope deferred because you have had that your entire life. And to see me in, in, in high ways of understanding that when something doesn't turn out the way you trust, my hand is on it always for your good. Always. And I can't tell you how much my heart got sick this past year thinking I would get better and it's lasted 14 months and and like and there's not like words to be that to the level of sickness I've had and not I mean I turned into a drug lord I had a lot of people dropping off prescription pills for me because the pain and sickness was that bad and I'm like a pharmacist I know what I need so I figured out who had what I had about four different people do it for me and helped me like through through this whole thing and you had to understand like like the level of like trusting something like that and the and the amount of feeling let down and going is this is this finally god is this what is happening what is happening what is happening and god saying you for for people to be strong you can't have hope deferred because hope deferred means you don't believe in me to the fullness to have a feeling of letdown, and I cannot tell you that PTS trigger is out of me and it's kind of crazy because i have had so many letdowns like through sensing okay god it's this month then he would i would literally feel it hear it and he was like using prodding like you can keep going you can keep going and things would break and there would be stuff that would happen keep me going keep me going keep me standing and stuff like that and i didn't go into the full-blown where i don't believe him like my whole flip out that i normally would do from feeling like something lets me down and i know that that has had god stripping out hope deferred and so if i pick up something in the spirit a year ago on a certain date i didn't flip into depression last may 14th like i didn't i did not flip out and sit there and go i can't hear his voice what am i listening to is this even god no i've gotten so stripped of this stuff that you you get to a place where you see your life like never you're never able to gutter you're never gonna fail you're never able to be taken out you it's not not when you are following the word of god and i would ask people if i asked you today what are you what do you want in your life like do you i didn't ask anybody this like do you what is your desires? What do you what would you do for God? Do you even have those thoughts? Do people think that way? Like, would you be willing to give everything up for God? There's like people don't even like think that way. Like they literally think like God should give me it owes me this. I feel let down that I didn't get married. I feel let down that I don't have kids. And like what about the question? What would you, what do you, how much do you love him? What would you do for him? Because that question to me has never changed for all the years. And I would do give up everything for him and I will always put him first. And I will, and I want to see his will fulfilled. And if I'm not walking in where I get to see him move and do and get what he wants, I will get depressed. And I know that. <laughs> and I know my personality's like that. I know I have to like, because I get, if I don't have something that's producing like, and it's not because I'm doing it for myself. It's just that I know what I've been through and what I've endured. And I know that I have such an understanding to certain things that can help people. If I'm not producing within that to bring God's will, I, I would get depressed. Like I would never be fulfilled as a wife and mother. And that was it ever. I would be like a suicidal wife. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> I just mean that there's different callings for people, okay? I'm not putting down that's that person's like calling is legit that and they're not wanting to do anything in ministry that you are called, you're anointed for that. I am not anointed for that. I am just not, that's not my anointing. I would be, that would be very hard for me. I would need to be fulfilling more of what God needs to do on this earth through my experiences and my understanding. And I would ask people like, if you really answer that and you don't, you don't have any desire to see the will of God come to pass and you actually only want those things, I question it a little bit to be quite honest because then I think you probably need a better testimony. Um, and I think that you probably need a better experience with God than you've had. Um, and that's okay when stuff turns upside down to get you to see his power so that your answer to that isn't just what you get in the natural and that you would, you could answer that in a way that you know you do wanna see hit everything. And you understand that God's good and he blesses with the natural and he will use fa favor on things and, and family and children. But you also see people who lose, have lost those things. You've also seen it become a curse. You see people who think they waited and waited for somebody and that marriage became a curse on them. And they wanted to think it was from God. Or you know they lose a, their, a child and, the, and that pain of a promise, like the pain in that, like what do we do in that? Like for me, I'm like we can take those stories and testimonies to actually get you more on fire to want to fulfill God's will and let him then restore all those losses back to you. Let him then restore it when your intention is like to, to fulfill and see his work get done on this earth. I just believe as the church, anyone who wants to say they're in love with God, that needs, there should be something like that in your heart. It does not mean you want a public ministry. It doesn't mean you want to be in leadership. Does not mean that. You don't understand there's people that you're called to do the fill by just supporting, helping, donating, like donating money. And that's what you're called to do because that element has to be in, 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 in place. I am not putting that you need to be prophesying. You need to be teaching. You need to be in, no, too many people want that stuff in there and for bad reasons. I'm saying in your life, what you would get called to do for what you're good at and what, um, what is anointed for you to do? What does that look like? Find, find that out from God. Understand that. Do not compare yourself to other people. Everybody is called to do it differently. And I and I just think with stuff like this, it's like giving giving these words and like these these Bible stories. These were people filleted before the Father, submitted to God. So when we want to take these stories and see ourselves in it or get ministered to, you might want to check the heart first. When we go to the heart first, deal with what's in the heart. Do you align your heart with these people first? Do you see that submission? Do you see that sacrifice? Do you see that obedience? Because then you can take the full ministry out, out, and the ministering word out of this. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And for it never to produce any condemnation on people who, you know, maybe just like what I said about being, um, you know, just a mom with children, like that's not a big job. That's absolutely not what I'm saying, but I'm saying, different people of different callings and um i'd press you further than that just being what you walk in that's what i would say if you if you are someone who is in love with god then i would press you further than your job that makes you money i'd press you further than your family that supports you i'd press you further into really really knowing if you've ever 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 been that much in love with god that you would answer that as i would do anything and give up anything um and, uh, and, and I hope that that touches hearts to like, if you answer that and you say, yeah, I would, then let me tell you that's why you're in your fire.
<laughs> it's true. Because if you, if you, <laughs> it's true. Because if you really, in your heart, you want, you think you are that much in love to do those things, then God's going to go, all right, how much? How much in love are you? <laughs> I've never heard you laugh that loud. You never laughed Because it's serious. It's seriously. It's like, well, then, you know, how much do you feel? Do, would you do? Would you go for it? Because here's what here's what's going to take place. Like I keep saying, the fire is going to flip. It's going to flip real hard. And the fire that has been on these people to test their hearts and purity and position them, all of a sudden, you're just going to watch it. You're going to watch the fire flip on the people trying to take money from you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I'm so excited. <laughs> I turned into a little kid right now. Oh, yeah, I can feel that one. Yeah, that's what's about to happen. And it's going to flip on them. Everything that they, they're trying to do is, is as a result of stealing livelihood. Judgment's going to hit, buddy. Ooh. <laughs> and I just pray in the name of Jesus that this word to go out was that judgment starts hitting that. <laughs> The ones that are still attempting livelihood and narcissism and their faces are still being revealed. Lawsuits, draining of money in the name of Jesus that it flips and torment on people. In Jesus' name and their recompense hits. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> I'm dizzy. That made me dizzy. <sighs> Hold on, I feel really dizzy just again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's about to hit. Ooh. Let's hope it hits sooner than later, Jesus. Do not let this be two years from now. Come on. Let this be a word in the moment. <laughs> I never get... I, you know what, though? Recently, I feel like through this podcasting, there's been stuff, even though I don't feel it, it is, it, it's happening real time, and I just don't ever... I rarely prophesy real time stuff. I'm like, I'm always like saying, and then it's, and I feel real time on this just because I'm physically feeling it so bad. And what I know people are doing, cutting ties and stuff like that, that like there's real time movement. And so I'm just believing that that, that's a judgment hidden for people who are being so tested with like livelihood and stuff that judgment's gonna hit people. Woo! Yeah. The judgment that hit these kings, man, when they turned on God. Um, when God decides to fully kill the enemy and use tormenting spirits to do it. So I'm put that out there. Oh, Jezebel, you're losing everything. Can't wait for livelihood to hit everyone who's been operating in this. Livelihood threats are gonna hit them. Oh, that's what's flipping people. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. I feel it. I feel it. People who are operating in these spirits and have been attacking livelihood and have used power control, livelihood threats are now going to hit them. <laughs> ah, you know what I just saw? I just got a vision of a bunch of sheep and like somebody who, well, and this would be an old, it's like an Old Testament vision, but I know what God was meaning by it. Like when you have like a shepherd, what they would have as wealth would be livestock in like the Old Testament. And I just saw all the livestock just dying instantly. Like sheep dropping and that was their livelihood. And it's going to be something like that. Like famine, like in the spirit, it's famine, plague. Oh God, people. Oh God, this is, this is good. And you know, I get like when I, when first coronavirus started and I saw like a well-known person publicly say for those people prophesying, this is judgment. This is not new covenant prophecy. And, um, that's was, uh, off. 
I had a high respect for the guy. Um, I actually totally like his ministry. I like him a lot. And it was not me thinking, but that we cannot flip. We cannot flip the truth of God. We cannot flip the character of God. We cannot flip these things. We cannot flip the true prophetic word of God. And um, uh, livelihood's going down. It is going to start to flip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Assistant. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one for today. Let's just see. Maybe next time I'll be skinny. <laughs> Anyways. All right, Jesus, is that all of it? Yeah, people need to take hold of that word, man. Take hold of it and don't get so scared of recompense hitting other people. Like, you, you should be okay with that. And it's not because it's repaying evil for evil. It's just let God move on your behalf, people, because that's all it is. It's him moving. It's him setting his people free. It's him removing certain threats. That's what that's what it is. Um, and and get, get on the right side. Get on the right side. Get on the right side. I do not want to be on the Jezebel side in this next season. <laughs> I am scared for all the people that operated in that spirit and came after my ministry. I'm like scared for you. I already know crap's in the fan because I can feel it. And I'm like, yeah, get on the right side. Like get out of your crap and your narcissist. Like get on it now before, before it's, it's, it's going down. And we're in the, we're, we're in the flip already. So it's, it's just one, one more move, one more move on the chessboard. All right. Goodbye.